0: K- right here i'm back with another good episode for to for my podcast um yeah so yeah let's get right back into it man um it's been a minute um yeah sorry that i haven't been posting lately i've been um i've been pretty busy with uh life especially with uh just you know having t- to be on vacation from um last week if i'm not mistaken uh yeah that was from uh last week i was gone from like july 21st to the to the or technically i um i was gone from like july 19th to the 27th so i wasn't really able to really do um anything lately so i've been pretty busy with um, a lot of stuff but um yeah man we're gonna be covering three boxing cards um, I'm not going to cover all of them. I'm only going to talk about some fights that, uh, <clears throat> uh, that I actually did watch. Um, I'm only going to cover the Danny Garcia versus Jose Benavidez fight card. And then I'm going to talk about Ryan Garcia, which that'll be my first topic, versus Javier Fortuna. Um, that'll be the first one. And then we'll cover Joette Gonzalez versus Isaac Dogbay. And probably some other fights on that card, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really have, you know, anything to like, you know, to really, like, like to really talk about per se, on, you know, like the whole card. I'm just gonna talk about, you know, the card itself, but that'll be like my little go-to of like what I want to get done, and yeah, that should be pretty much it, man. I mean, I don't, I don't have really anything else to really say so yeah let's get right on to it and uh yeah i'll be i'll be straight with it so yeah man um i'm gonna be talking about uh mr um ryan garcia versus javier fortuna um this is a pretty good decent fight um i had a pretty fun time watching the fight uh, the one thing that I will say, um, in regards to Ryan Garcia, to me personally, uh, versus, you know, from the mass majority that doesn't see it this way, um, I think, um, Ryan Garcia has improved, um, I think Ryan Garcia is a very, very good fighter now, but he still lacks, you know, certain defensive flaws and mechanisms, And, um, just everything that comes into mind, I mean, you know, uh, there's just more to the game that he needs to get, get into, but, I mean, you know, everything, everything will come to fruition if he does focus on it, but, um, I think, I think what the problem is is just that Ryan Garcia, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't put to anything to a level of which, Anybody wanted to take him seriously, and I think that was his biggest problem, because Ryan Garcia had more to lose in his career. But the competition is basically set up politically for him to to basically look good until he gets like um, he gets in there with somebody that's not afraid to fight back, and then they'll very well you know come in there to stop you know, Ryan Garcia, or just make him look bad, but, um, I will say the training under Joe Goosen has improved, um, I don't think Ryan is a finished product, um, I think he still has a lot of growing to do, but, um, you know, he looked pretty good, I mean, like, the fight itself was, like, you know, it was good, I mean, Javier Fortuna, he, uh, he really came down to the end of his career, you know, in this fight, he wasn't really at the same Fortuna that we once knew. Um, but then on top of that, this fight was at 140. This wasn't a 135-pound fight. Uh, according to Ryan Garcia's team, they were saying that, um, you know, Javier Fortuna couldn't make the weight, but, you know, surprisingly, Ryan Garcia, he wasn't able to make the weight, you know, so I guess they had a catch weight, but technically but the fight was at 140, so coming into this fight ryan garcia rehydrated to like fucking uh what i think it was like he rehydrated to to like almost like 160 and then javier fortuna only rehydrated to like 156 or something so i mean javier fortuna he kind of fight he fought ryan um as a middleweight technically so i mean i'm not i'm not really too surprised on it I feel like ryan garcia knew what like you know what the outcome was gonna be but javier fortuna he's no joke you know he like you know he came to fight you know his best fight but he just didn't have the tools necessary to win and then this is a javier fortuna that hasn't been in the ring well actually no he 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 was active this year prior to ryan garcia he had a first round knockout victory against rafael hernandez so He was like some Venezuelan dude that he knocked out. He was 39 years old. So he wasn't that good. Um, You know, um, it was like a good, decent, you know, decent level, you know, stay busy fight. So um, he was supposed to fight Ryan prior to July 9th of that 2021. So basically a year later, he decided to just go ahead and fight Ryan Garcia after being out for almost like a year like, a, uh, full year, but good enough to Javier Fortuna's credit, he was active, um, that following February of his, uh, 2022 year, but, um, I will say, uh, this wasn't really, uh, even level playing field fight, uh, I think this is all set up for Ryan to win, and Javier Fortuna, he's never fought anywhere, you know, above 135, he's always fought at, like, 130, 135, 126, Uh, You know, like, uh, those um, weight classes were his uh, glory division weight classes. But, yeah, at the 140 level, Javier Fortuna was just not really doing that good. And, you know, like, it kind of sucks because Fortuna, he's had a good career. I mean, looking back at his career, he's 37-4, and and I believe he only has one draw. But looking back at Fortuna... Fortuna's box wreck. Um, he's gone up against all the top-level opposition. Um, he's fought guys by the likes of, you know, Robert Easter Jr., which that was back at Lightweight, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, he fought, who else? Jojo Diaz. He fought... Uh, I mean, he really hasn't fought any high, high, high-level names, but he's been in where... Yeah, he's been in there with some decent level of competition. I mean, he got knocked out by Jason Sosa in the 11th round when Javier was, you know, undefeated. And then you know, he lost to Robert Easter, and then lost to JoJo, and then obviously losing to Ryan. He's only been stopped two times out of his entire career, so, I mean Javier, Javier, Javier's a good ass fighter, or he's decent, but he's not, he's not like the super duper best, but Um, he's definitely been in too many wars where he's not he's not like the same person so um i don't i don't know where fortuna goes from here i think i think it's time for him to hang it up you know he's had over 44 fights you know he's not he's not gonna get any younger and i think it's time for him to really start you know looking past boxing and find a different career and i'm pretty sure he um he would he would make a really big noise in boxing if he started introducing fighters that he knew from the Dominican Republic if he was wanting to manage fighters or or uh, become a promoter himself because I know he's made some good money but you know Javier uh, Javier Fortuna you know he can't be fighting you know passes you know you know mid to late 30s but he's only 33 and I know like you know I know that Fortuna's not really like doing much in the lightweight division but knowing that he got knocked out by Ryan, I think I think it's probably fair to say that it's best for him to like you know take some time off and probably probably rethink you know his uh, career decision. But uh, yeah, that was a pretty good decent fight uh, for uh, Fortuna. You know he gave it his all until Ryan stopped him. Uh, he stopped him with a body shot. Uh, but uh, but um um it was a good decent fight. But. Yeah, let's talk about the next fight card. Um, Joet Gonzalez versus Isaac Dogbe. Um this was actually a very, very good fight. Um I actually had pretty fun watching this fight. Uh the only biggest takeaway from this fight was just that Joet Gonzalez he wasn't really letting his hands go enough in this fight. And I kinda felt like that Joet Gonzalez, um Oh wait, hold on. Yeah. Uh, I thought I thought Joel Gonzalez didn't really do what he was supposed to do to actually really win. But before we talk about that, let's talk about some of the up-and-coming rookies that actually did their thing. And they actually had a really, really good outing. Um, I'll talk about uh, Haven Brady Jr. For those of you that don't know who Haven Brady Jr. is, um, he's a very, very good fighter out of the Georgia area. Um, in the United States in the state of Georgia Um, he's at Albany, Georgia very very good up and coming fighter he's um, he's 7-0 with uh, I believe um, I forgot how many um, whatchamacallit Uh, he's 7-0 with I think 5 knockouts if I'm not mistaken but I don't know like what per se his uh Absolute KO ratio is, but I'm almost positive that Haven, he is, um, I think he's five, like, like he has five wins by knockout. No, 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 it's actually four. So, yeah, ha- Haven Brady Jr., he's, he's, um, seven and zero, twenty 20 years old, five foot six, 68 and a half inch arm reach out of Albany, Georgia. And, um, yeah, he's, um, Um, he has four knockouts out of his, uh, like, you know, out of his, uh, seven victories. But, um, he actually does have a fight coming up soon. That's in, um, August against, uh, Manuel Guzman. Um, some, some Argentinian dude, if I'm not mistaken. Or, no, he's like a Nicaraguan guy that he'll be fighting, so. Yeah, that'll, that'll be a good, decent fight. He actually got knocked out by Dominic Valle. Um, I should be I should be talking with him soon along with his brother. Yeah, they're both good-ass fighters uh, They're out of uh, Florida if I'm not mistaken uh, I think by the Tampa area or near Clearwater, but I think you know, they're out of Lutz, Florida, so Yeah, they're pretty good. Uh, they're managed by David David McWater and Brandon Sedala So I mean they're yeah, they're being moved properly You know, their careers are only getting better, and uh, they're just doing what they got to do. But I'll be talking about them very, very soon, so, you know, stay tuned for for a video on my YouTube channel if you guys want to go take a look at them or know more about them. But Haven Brady Jr. will be going up against Manuel Guzman. He's 8-6-1. He has five wins um, out of his eight wins by knockout. He's been stopped three times in his career Uh, previously by Dominic Valle and then the other two was by Marcio Sosa back in 2018 and then Jorge Moreno back in 2014 so I mean I'm pretty sure Haven's gonna stop this guy he's not really that good he's 31 years old he's probably on his way to being a journeyman but I think Haven's gonna do his thing but yeah um, as far as Haven's performance He did a very very good job um it was a really good fight while it lasted and uh you know he definitely did what he had to do he got a decision against uh aaron evich um eva or ev veste veste yeah so like you know he's a decent fighter i don't really know too much about this you know mexican guy but um he's um like you know he's a decent you know journeyman fighter but you know he's been on you know let like the losing path for quite a while so haven haven's just kind of doing what he's supposed to do just to keep himself busy and just be successful but um all the other fighters that were on this car they were they were on fire today man uh let's talk about abdullah mason for those of you that don't know who abdullah mason is um he is a brother out of three brothers if i'm not mistaken him amir and then some other you know, Mason brother that I don't know, but they're out of, uh, Cleveland, Ohio, if I'm not mistaken, but, uh, yeah, they're, uh, they're very, very good fighters, um, Abdullah, his brother, Amir, who fights at 140, if I'm not mistaken, I'm not too sure, and then the other brother, which I think he's an amateur, I don't, I don't, I don't fully remember what his third brother's name is, but if you guys know who I am, or who, or who I'm talking about, uh, then you guys will, understand who i'm um or who i'm basically um like um um, i'm referring to um let's talk about uh his uh performance uh he did a very very good job um you know he took his time he he actually dog walked his opponent he uh he was calm and collected and he just made his opponent quit um this is his uh fourth fight if i'm not mistaken that he's been in or no no this is his third fight that he was in but he but but he did a very good job um he uh, stopped his opponent very well and uh you know he just been on pretty much like the winning path um he will be having his fourth fight against angel rabolar um some young dude if i'm not mistaken um out of uh california but i'm definitely looking forward to that fight uh i'm not too sure what will be the case for his uh, growth as a fighter. But I'm pretty sure, um, you know, Abdullah, he's probably gonna go in there, try to do what he needs to do to win, and um, hopefully he can, you know, make some uh, noise. Um, I think, I think, um, I think Abdullah, he's definitely moving in the right direction. Um, he's definitely on a good path. But I'm definitely looking forward to what this uh, opponent that he's gonna have in front of him, this Angel Brabolar. I'm pretty sure he's a hungry you know mexican driven fighter but i'm definitely i'm definitely looking forward to it um but yeah abdullah he'll be fighting on the pedraza versus comey card for those of you that don't know jose pedraza will be fighting you know richard comey on august 27th and that will be a very very stacked card and surprisingly fa Ajagba and jared big baby anderson they're coming back on the card so for any of you guys that are looking forward to some heavyweight boxing uh, that's going to be pretty lit. On top of that, Richard Torres Jr. will be going up against some unknown Mexican dude by the name of Marco Antonio Canedo. Um, don't know too much about him, but I'm pretty sure, you know, it's a pretty sturdy test. He's 4-2-0, and two and zero, so definitely looking forward to what he's going to do. Um, I'm pretty sure Richard, he's coming in to win. I'm not, like, see, look, the thing about Richard is, like, I wasn't really too surprised with his recent performance. For those of you that didn't, you know, catch it, um, he was on the Arnold Barbosa versus Danielito Zaria, uh, which I'll actually even talk about that real quick. Danielito Zaria did a very good job in that fight, but the problem with this fight was just that um, um, it was, like, a pretty decent card. Um, You know, uh, like, uh, Mr. uh, Stefan Big Shot Shaw, he was actually on the fight card. He did an amazing job he, uh, beat the crap, um, out of his opponent in one round, um, in the, or in two minutes and 35 seconds left, and, um, he was on fire, he, he did a very, very good job, he took his time, and he outboxed his opponent, and made his opponent just break down to the pressure, very, very good fighter, very, very good fight for Stephen Big Shot Shaw, shout out to him, um, I, uh, talked with him, you know, behind closed doors, but, uh, yeah, can't uh, can't wait to see what Mr. Big Shot does in the future. Um, as far as everything else goes, with uh, the like you know the other fighters that were on the card. Oh, Floyd Cashflow Diaz. Um, he's a very very good fighter too. That's on the come up. If you guys wanna take a look at some you know future up and coming, you know junior featherweights or you know quote unquote super bantamweights leading up to the featherweight division, Floyd. Cash Flow D- Diaz. He he's a very very good fighter. He's 6-0 um, He just recently got a knockout victory over Pedro Salon um, He's growing pretty fast in his uh, career um, He uh, he also fought on on um, other top-ranked cards He fought on the Michaela Mayer versus Jennifer Hahn card, which you know I'm not really, you know, like a big fan of that fight card that you know, that wasn't really a good showing but but he stopped his opponent in that fight. I mean, Floyd, he's more of like a pure boxer, semi, you know, volume puncher. But, it, like, you know, if you guys know who I'm talking about, he's a young, up-and-coming, rising, you know, like, you know, rookie fighter out of uh, Las Vegas, uh, Nevada. And he's been training out of uh, the Mayweather Gym Stable with uh, Roger Mayweather, Floyd Mayweather Sr., and um, Floyd Mayweather Jr. So, um, yeah, Floyd Cashflow Diaz, he's he's definitely up and coming. Um I'm not like you know, I'm not really too big on the, the fact that that he's working with top rank, but I'm pretty sure somewhere down the line he's gonna probably end up leaving. But I think this is like a good step in the right direction for him for him to get good, tough developmental fights and then, you know, bring himself to the next level if he wants to become a world championship level caliber fighter. But I think Floyd he's in the right path. Um you know, for anybody that's like you know that's um, like um, looking forward to, or that's um, interested of looking into, new young up and coming fighters, Floyd Cashflow Diaz is your fighter to look at. He's a very very good fighter. He's very intelligent in the ring. He's a very sturdy um um orthodox fighter, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he could switch it up to southpaw, if I'm not mistaken. He, um, he definitely knows how to switch it up. But I think he's more naturally gifted as an orthodox fighter, if I'm not mistaken. But he's a very good fighter. You guys should really check him out. Uh, but let's talk about Richard Torres Jr. I'm not, I'm not really too, you know, too satisfied with his, um, like you know, with his recent victory. Um, he got a very controversial stoppage victory over Roberto Zavala Jr. Um, this guy's not really that good, but. On top of that, top rank could have found somebody way better to actually give Richard a tough fight. Um, you know, this guy, like you know, he was not like like he was knocked out. Re- well, actually, no, he wasn't stopped in in his career at all. But he basically had um um he basically had a split like a split decision draw with Rudy Silvas in i think that was in mexico if i'm not mistaken no that was down in san antonio texas um yeah but that was his fight that he had down there with his recent opponent that was back in march of of, uh, 2022 and then edgar ramirez he lost a decision to him that was back in november of 2021 but then his very first two fights he knocked out his opponents so i mean he was like a pretty decent sturdy test but you know oh <coughs> oh sorry but basically what richard basically had gone through in this fight he um he wasn't really do much to really hurt this guy but the referee was just really stupid in the um regard of thinking that he needed to stop the fight super duper early and it was a really dumb premature like a uh, premature stoppage so I wasn't, you know, um, I wasn't satisfied of Richard's performance. I don't think Richard Torres Jr. is that good of a fighter to begin with. Um, he's a decent fighter. He has a lot of good height on him. He's six foot two. He's 23 years old. Um, he's, um, a southpaw, if I'm not mistaken. But, um, Richard, he's okay. You know, I don't, I don't really think of him too high as a fighter yet until he shows me otherwise. For those of you that don't know who Richard Torres is, um, he's, uh, um, he's a fighter that used to be a, uh, used to be an Olympian on the 2020, you know, Tokyo, um, Olympic team, and he won silver medal at the Olympic, you know, gold medal match against, uh, you know, that, uh, Middle Eastern dude, Jalalaf, right, that, uh, beat him multiple times in the Amateurs, so... Uh, Jalaluf, he's a decent fighter. I think he's, like, 27 years old. And, um, I'll, uh, take a look at him if you guys want to know who he is. But, Jalalov, he's, um, he's okay. I mean, I mean, you know, but the thing about Jalalov is just that he's not really, like, su- super duper good yet. But, you know, he's a good, decent 11-0 fighter out of, um, Uzbekistan. And he's six foot seven, with a seventy nine point five inch arm reach. He's twenty eight years old, just turned twenty eight last month, back in uh, July eighth. But yeah, he's uh, pretty good. He just had a good knockout victory against Jack Malawi, that was on the Showbox New Generation, you know, card that was out at the Turning Stone Casino. I unfortunately wasn't able to be there because I was there at the Edgar Berlanga fight, but. There was like a lot of good talent there. There was O'Shea Jones, Charles Foster. He's a very, very good up-and-coming fighter. I've heard some good things about him. Um he's 21 and know but he's 32 years old, so he needs to definitely push himself to the right direction so he can start making some move like uh making some moves. Uh Chan Thonson, Chan, Thos- Chan Thompson. he's you know, he's a very good uh, um up-and-coming lightweight fighter. Um he's 30 years old. I'm not really too high on these guys that come into the pros very late, but, uh, yeah, he's 30 years old, 11 and 0, he's a pretty decent guy, I mean, he has skills, per se, but he's, like, nothing too, too good, but, you know, he was okay, um, but, but he knocked, well, he had a doctor stoppage victory against, uh, Tyler, Tyler Tomlin, uh, I wasn't really too surprised out of his performance, I don't think Tyler is that good, I think Tyler really put himself in a bad position to get stopped, and uh that wasn't just good, you know that was a really horrible performance and uh yeah i don't I don't know what Tyler's gonna do with that, but I think think Tyler needs to work on his defense and he really needs to know how to you know um apply his jab and start being active with his feet but you know, he's a young twenty two year old, you know, he's he's thirteen and one. He was, you know, originally undefeated until Thonson came in to stop him, so you know, it was a you know, short lived uh fight for him, but hopefully we get to see him again. But uh yeah, let's talk about the other fights that I wanted to get to with uh Danielito Zaria and um you know, Arno Barbosa, right? Yeah. Um but yeah. I think I think Barbosa, he did a good decent job in this fight, but he really got exposed by Danielito. Uh, Danielito, you know, really applied pressure. Um, in this fight, decent. But also, let me give credit where credit is due to Raymond Maritaya He was a co-main event. Um, he did a very good job against uh, Jair Valderrama. He was a Mexic, uh, he was a Mexican fighter. He's 14-2 uh, now, but he's um, 20 years old, and he's a pretty good, decent fighter. I mean, he's not really led the best, but he's definitely getting up there. But uh, he uh, definitely fought his butt off until he couldn't really handle it leading into the late game, but uh, Raymond scored a decision victory over him. He dropped uh, Valtier, I think, once in the fight, but it was a good fight. while well, it lasted, but Raymond, he definitely like, you know, destroyed him, and he definitely did what he had to do, but he, but he actually came into this fight on short notice, because, uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, Keyshawn Davis was supposed to be headlining as a co-main event on this card, uh, so he was supposed to take over in this, uh, quote-unquote fight card, so I think, I think it was mainly just due to the fact that Keyshawn, you know, I gotta say something, like, about Keyshawn Davis, man, I'm not, I'm not really too surprised with Keyshawn Davis. I think Keyshawn Davis is just a hype job at this point. I don't, I don't think he's that good. I think he's garbage. I think, um, he's just not dedicated to being disciplined. I don't, I don't know what's going on with him. He, he's, uh, had multiple occasions. Well, I wouldn't say multiple, but this has been, like, the second time where he's pulled, like, you know, out of, like, a fight. Uh, the first time was, like, Due to some form of sickness Where I don't know what happened I guess he had something going on Outside of his life where He wasn't feeling too good so He had to pull out which is Like you know basically You know not bad to do Because like you know he gave you know The proper notice but on top of that Keyshawn Davis you know he'd just be I don't know man like 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 he'd be doing some weird Stuff outside of like You know boxing But, um, that was, like, a pass, like, you know, on the first, you know, go. But on the second occasion, or, like, you know, in the second, you know, like, you know, like, uh, like, but the second, you know, like, occurrence that he did this was mainly due to the fact that he said that he got sick literally the week of, like, you know, the week of the fight, but on top of that, he just did it, like, last minute, and he didn't give any proper notice for it. And I just find that to be really stupid and just very, you know, irresponsible. But for some weird reason, he's able to, you know, get right back into action to be on the, to be on the uh, Shakur Stevenson um, undercard. And it just makes me wonder, like, like you know, is Keyshawn Davis just choosing when he wants to fight, knowing that you're not a star, not yet? But on top of that, Keyshawn Davis makes me think that he doesn't want to fight certain, like, you know, breeds of, uh, competition that could beat him, and I think, you know, for this Jair Valtier guy, even though he's not really, like, the best fighter out there, but I think Keyshawn Davis just didn't want to fight him, because he probably thought he could have been, like, a bad style matchup to him, I don't know, but I just find it really weird, like, I just figured that i just put that out there for anybody that, like, you know, that kind of sees what I'm seeing, uh, towards, uh, Keyshawn Davis, um, I don't really think Keyshawn is super-duper good. Um, I'm not trying to disrespect him. It's just that I just don't think Keyshawn is really there yet. And I think he's really being put on the same pedestal, similar to, similar to Terrence Crawford in a way. But but I think Top Rank is mainly doing that because they really don't have any other stars to really build up off of. Because, cause like, honestly, to really think about it, you know guys like Shakur Stevenson and who else is really big that's on there. Uh, there's Devin Haney obviously, but Devin's not gonna be with Top Rank uh, f- uh, for um, ever because Devin Haney, you know, he's his own, like, you know, promoter in boxing, so he's his own boss, you know, um, in the game. So he doesn't really need to be, you know, listening to to um, anybody in Top Rank. And after that, there's really just nobody else. I mean, I, um, I can't really think about any of the up-and-coming rookies. I don't think that those fighters are really gonna be stars yet, but, uh, I mean, I guess that like the next fighter after that will probably be Jared Big Baby Anderson, but I don't think he's gonna be that good either, but after that, I don't really, like, I don't really see anybody else really taking over, you know, in the top-ranked banner, but, um, Either way, uh, I just think based off of how Keyshawn Davis has been, um, you know, keeping himself disciplined in the sport, he's just been doing a really bad job, but I really don't see anybody else really doing good, you know, for their careers, and I think Keyshawn Davis is definitely on that list. But yeah, let's talk about the main event, um, I think, uh, Arnold Barbosa did a very good job in that fight uh um it was a good you know 10 round you know uh fight you know between him and danielito zaria for those of you that don't know who danielito is he's a puerto rican fighter out of uh i forgot what part of puerto rico i, I think it's called toa toa um alto um puerto rico right uh but yeah uh, danielito he did a thing. he definitely gave it his all um i don't think he was really in the best mode of him fighting but i think on top of that danielito he kind of just didn't really apply enough pressure like i don't know what his whole mantra was coming into the fight but i mean um he's a good fighter man you know he's like you know he's still growing in the fight or or he's still growing in his uh, um, in his uh, career but on top of that um he has skills you know he definitely knows what he's doing, but he just needs to keep building, uh, he'll be 29 in October, but, uh, prior, prior to this fight, uh, he, um, he actually was out for quite a while, um, he was out for almost, like, a year, that was back on the Trillerverse 2 fight card, that was on the, um, oh, yeah, 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 that was at the Triller, you know, fight card with Danny Lito, Nahir Albright, yeah, and all these other, fighters that i didn't really know too much of but yeah i mean um yeah danielito um he was definitely um pretty inactive you know leading into that fight with uh, barbosa because barbosa if i'm not mistaken he was pretty inactive too so yeah uh that was a pretty good decent fight for them to get back into the swing of things so i think i think that was a pretty good level of just you know sitting out for quite a while but on top of that i don't like you know i don't like it when fighters you know sit out for pretty much almost like a year per se because i don't think that's good for their career to just be sitting on the shelf and then you just have to like you know create more sacrifices you know in your training camp for you to like be in good proper fight shape so i don't you know i don't personally like that i think i think that's really bad for you you know, to grow as a fighter, so I personally don't like seeing that, but, uh, either way, both guys definitely came to fight. That was a good, you know, Mexico versus Puerto Rico type of battle, but I think, I think, um, you know, the biggest takeaway from it was just that, um, you know, everything, everything that you saw from Danielito, he definitely gave it his all, man, you know, um, he definitely... Showed what he can do at 140. I just think that once you make him more active, you know he starts to become a way different fighter. So I like to see more from him in the future, and I think he'll make more, uh, you know, adjustments in his next up and coming fights. So I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what, uh, you know, what uh, Mr. Danny zuria will do. And then same thing with Arnold Barbosa. He got, um, he got hurt multiple. He got hurt multiple times, you know, with, uh, like, you know, um, in the fight from Danielito. Danielito hit him with, uh, you know, countless, you know, repetitive shots that really, you know, got him hurt, but um, either way, the fight itself was very competitive, and both guys definitely gave it their all. Uh, they definitely were pretty rusty in their skill set, but, you know, once they got into their rhythm, you know, about the fight style like, like, uh, uh, the fighting styles, uh, between both fighters really meshed well together because Barbosa, he likes to come forward and Danielito, he likes to come forward. But once Barbosa, um, once he felt Danielito's power, um, um, I felt like, uh, Barbosa had to force himself to fight off of his back foot because he knew that Danielito, he was able to take the shots very well. And I think Danielito, he, um, he only felt hurt because he wasn't, um, he, um, he wasn't really active. He wasn't, like, you know, he wasn't really used to taking those, like, you know, those hard, heavy shots from Barbosa, but I felt like if, if, uh, Dani Lito was actually more focused, you know, by, uh, by staying active, you know, in, um, um, in his, uh, career more, I think, I think Barbosa would have been in trouble from, uh, Dani Lito's pressure. If Donnie Lito had a tougher drive coming into that fight. Because uh, he was hitting Barbosa with some heavy loaded up shots, and I think I think that's a, like you know that's one of Donny biggest you know weaknesses. He likes to load up a lot, and he likes to plant his feet down uh, to try to get that one big power shot on. So I don't think that's good for Donny Lito's you know fighting style, but you know it's good for the level of him you know applying pressure and being more successful by trying to land those big heavy heavy shots like you know when it matters but but as far as like you know fighting like you know fighting goes you know you have to stay active in those rounds if you um if you want to bank in more scoring to actually win the round like you know like uh to win the round itself so i think danielito he's a very good fighter he definitely has uh some holes in his game but i think um he can mesh that in very very well with some you know proper training and some better sparring so I think that was a good fighting, like you know, like uh, that was like a good little comeback fight for Danielito, and obviously you know it, um, it's not the um, end of it, the world for his uh, career. I think him and Barbosa actually benefited from each other coming back from a like you know from such a long layoff, and for them to be active back inside the ring, I think that's a really really good message to bring back to the 140 pound division that. You know everybody needs to start fighting each other and then you know that's where all these big mega fights will start to build up more in the future so i think danielito his career his career's um, is only getting started 16 and 1 is really not bad for him at all i think i think he's gonna actually rack up more victories you know in the future and i think he'll start becoming a major player one day hopefully same thing with arnold barbosa very very good fighter he doesn't really possess enough power in his, uh, shots to actually really, you know, hurt, you know, his opponents, but he'll definitely give you a very tough fight, you know, if you try to mess around with him, and, uh, he'll make the fight competitive, but, um, yeah, that's pretty much it for that main event. Let's talk about the other, you know, main event between Joette Gonzalez and Isaac Daube, but I'll give credit to the young up-and-coming rookies that had, had good victories on this card, uh, you had, uh, Dante Benjamin Jr., he got a first-round knockout victory over Corey Thompson. That was a very, very good, decent fight for Dante. He actually hurt Corey very, very early in the fight. He knocked him out. Very good win. Same thing with Antonio Um, uh, um He's a up-and-coming uh, Mexican heavyweight fighter. He's t- he's uh, 25 years old. Uh, very, very good fighter. I believe he's uh, 4-0. Yep, he's 4-0 now, so... Uh, he um, he had a second round knockout victory over some Cuban guy named Danny's, you know, um, Reyes. So uh, That was a good fight um, He uh, knocked him out. Uh, Guido Vianello. same thing. He knocked out Rafael Rios. That was a good ass fight Very very good hard hard, hard competitive fight um, You know uh, like like I'm not really too high on Guido, I don't think Guido is that good, but I would like to see Guido in there with some high-level competition maybe him and stefan big shot shaw should be lined up next i think i think that should be a 10 rounder i think i think Guido would get stopped by by a big shot but i would like to see him like you know run it back with kingsley ebay um he was supposed to fight up against fabio wardley i don't you know i don't know what happened with him but i guess kingsley he's just you know waiting up on the call of, uh, who will be, you know, available on that list, so, yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely looking forward to see what Kingsley eBay will do, he's a good fighter out of, uh, Nigeria, uh, I think, I think he trains out of Phoenix, Arizona, but, yeah, definitely, definitely like to see what Kingsley has to do, or, or what Kingsley will do, you know, in, in his, uh, career, um, you know, after suffering the knockout loss to, uh, Jared Big Baby Anderson, but he's actually or he was active that fall in 2021 where after the big baby anderson knockout defeat took him uh he took like um he um he took some time off he had a six month you know break then he came back knocked out diego garcia and then he had another back-to-back knockout victory against uh, jesus alberto martinez torres so yeah you know uh, uh kingsley he's been doing pretty good you know he's back on track he's beating you know he's beating up dudes now but i like to see him uh become a little more active i think i think he definitely needs to do that more i think i think if he does that more uh he'll he'll definitely be back on track to do um uh, what uh like uh what he needs to do but um yeah let's move forward on with uh all the other fights um we have at uh, joet gonzalez obviously against uh jojo diaz or or isaac Dabe. yeah yeah but uh first um let me talk about the co-main event with uh, gabriel flores jr versus giovanni cabrera gabriel flores jr got absolutely dog like you know dog walked the entire fight giovanni just beat the living crap out of him he walked this man down he uh loaded up on some really good shots knocked the uh, i think he knocked down Gabe like once or twice in the fight uh yeah Gabe, Gabriel he yeah he got dominated he got destroyed um I mean like you know he's a decent fighter but he's really not what like, the best best and I think it's mainly due to the alter ego coming in to think that he's gonna actually win but I don't blame him because it's like you know he's young and he's definitely getting uh he's definitely getting karmaed Like, you know, like, you know, in his fights, you know, he's going through the karma session of basically, you know, taking it, taking, taking, taking all the punishment from all the high level, you know, up and coming opposition that, that puts him, you know, in his place. So, um, I'm not, I'm not really like a believer of being humble in boxing, but I guess if you want to say he got humbled or he just basically got owned in his own, trash talk and behavior um yeah you know that's what haunts you in the sport so i think i think uh gabriel understands that but uh yeah this is a you know this is a very interesting you know learning lesson for him um he should probably not be doing that as often he should only do that when he's actually confident enough to win but giovanni was definitely a bad style matchup for him uh i think giovanni just came into that fight you know, heavy and primed up, and he did, um, he did what he had to do. Giovanni, he's been active, same thing with Gabe, he was active, uh, prior to March against Abraham Montoya, he's a decent fighter, he's not really that good, um, but, yeah, either way, uh, you know, I, I I think either way, like, you know, Giovanni, he gave, Gabe, you know, pretty much like a boxing lesson, and then he gave him, you know, like a beatdown lesson, so. You know, it was a good fight, but Gab but Gabriel Flores Jr. I don't I don't know where he goes from there. I think I think he's probably gonna start rethinking his career. But if he does get back into the ring soon, then that'll be uh, very interesting. But also, let me give like another final you know um, rookie shout out to uh, Javier Martinez defeating Pacino Hill. Uh, that was a good fight. Well, it lasted between him and Pacino. Uh, uh, Pacino definitely did, definitely did a thing in that fight. Um, it was a good, decent fight. Um, um, him and him and Pacino definitely went blow for blow, and it was a very very good competitive fight. You know, all the way through the end. But Javier, he outboxed him, and he and he became the more di- like, you know, the more um, you know, high high highly highly skilled fighter to create enough separation and a skill set to win. So, either way, good victory. And hopefully, you know Pacino, he can he can you know you know come back into the mix very very soon. So, yeah, let's talk about the main event, and then we're gonna talk about Danny Swift Garcia versus uh, Jose Benavides Jr. And Then that's about it. Uh, Joe Wett Gonzalez versus Isaac Dogbe. Uh, this fight really wasn't as interesting that I thought of it to be. I thought Isaac Dogbe he could have done more to actually win this fight but he actually got a very weird controversial split decision victory against Joet Gonzalez. I kind of felt like Joet he kind of just beat himself up in this fight where he wasn't he wasn't really doing enough to really win and these are the type of fights where Joet he shouldn't be having. He should actually really be, you know, coming into these fights with absolute hunger if he wants to become a world champion. And I think he's, like, you know, he's definitely there because, you know, the defeat to Shakur Stevenson has definitely aged very well. But the problem is is that Joet, he's not that type of fighter where he doesn't really have dog, like, you know, dog um, um, um in him like that. I think, you know, the only time where he really has dog is where he's in a fight where he knows he can win. But, you know, once he's... Put up in there with some like deadly level competition, you know, like a Shakur Stevenson, you know, you know, two clone, or like a um Emmanuel Navarrete type of fighter. I think that's where Joet Gonzalez he just doesn't, like you know, he doesn't get up there. You know, I don't, I don't think Joet is actually ready for the big dogs, and I don't think he will be, because he's just that type of fighter where he really thinks. He's gonna be like the, the greatest fighter out there, but um, at the end of the day he's really not. You know, he's you know, he's only good for what top rank tries to hype him up to be. And I just think based off of that performance between him and Dog Bay, I thought I thought Dog Bay shouldn't have won the fight. I kinda felt like this fight deserved itself to be a draw. But Joet, he's just not really that hungry enough to be that type of fighter where he shows enough desire and a skill set to actually want to actually want to win, so I wasn't I wasn't too satisfied. Uh, he could have done way better in this fight, but he wasn't um, he wasn't really showing to me that he was hungry enough to win. But yeah, that's pretty much it for that. Uh, I don't know where he goes from there. As far as uh, Isaac Dogbe, from what I heard. The winner of that fight gets to become the mandatory for Ray Vargas, if I'm not mistaken. So, I don't know what's going to be happening with that. But, uh, yeah, hopefully Ray Vargas, he could end up facing, you know, Isaac Dogbe. I wouldn't mind that fight. I think I think Dogbe, you know, um, he could very well win that fight. But I think Ray Vargas, he'll probably outbox him. And he could very well stop you know um you know Isaac Dogbe because he has power he could definitely hurt Isaac Dogbe in the fight but i think Dogbe would just come out to be more you know educated and, and more hungrier in that fight with uh him and Ray Vargas i think it'll end up being like a you know like basically it'll end up being like you know an azuma to, like you know an azuma to like you know nelson fight versus uh, who was that one fight that he, or who was that one fighter that he fought back in the day? I think it was um, Alexis Arguello, if I'm not mistaken. But if you guys know who I'm talking about, Azuma Nelson, he was that you know African fighter, and uh, he was a very very good fighter. He had a very very stacked you know resume, but uh, yeah, um, Azuma Nelson, he was a dog man. You know he he was. He was really, really good. Yeah, he was 38, 6, and 2. He's only been stopped one time in his career. And that was by the hands of, um, some African dude. Or no. No, Salvador Sanchez. Yo, Salvador Sanchez. Yo, he knocked him out. But yeah, he actually died in a car crash after the fight. Yo, that was sad, man. Wow. Wow, man, that's really, really sad. R.I.P. to Salvador Sanchez, and you know, I'm not too sure if, um, if, um, um, if Azuma is still alive, but if he isn't alive, then RIP to him, but if he is, then I definitely hope everything is well with him, but yeah, Azuma, he's been in there with all the high-level competition, but basically, if Ray Vargas and Isaac, Isaac Dogbay fought each other, um, it would be basically a a Azuma Nelson versus I guess like a Salvador Sanchez type of fight, or it'll be like a, uh, Genero, uh, Genero, um, Hernandez, uh, type of fight. But that's just how I see it. Uh, that's just how I believe. You know, the fight will go down. But either way, um, Isaac Doge, he's definitely world championship level material. He just needs to stop making these fights razor sharp and close. But I think eventually, with due time, he's gonna start. figuring everything out to fix things up a lot faster but yeah um he definitely did a thing and congratulations to him so yeah let's talk about the final card mr danny swift garcia versus uh jose benavidez jr um yeah let's talk about the whole deal with uh him and um um what should we call it yeah, let's talk about you know the undercard a little bit. I'm only going to talk about three fights. Um, yeah, um, I'm going to be talking about um, the Gary Antoine Russell, and then I'm going to talk about Danny Garcia. Um, I'm not. I'm not going to talk about Adam Kownaki. Uh He he didn't really do good in that fight. He lost a ten round unanimous decision, and. Uh, Surprisingly, Sergey Dervichenko he was on this card. He uh, he actually won a unanimous decision against Joshua Conley. That was a good decent fight. Um, and then the other guy, Ismo Villa, uh, Villa 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 Real, he knocked out Lashon Rodriguez. <laughs> wow, he knocked him out in six rounds. Wow. But yeah, he uh, he stopped him. Yeah, he stopped him but I definitely got to look at that fight. stopped him in six, but, yeah. Let's talk about Gary Antoine, and then we'll talk about Danny, and then, and then that's about it. Uh, Gary Antoine did a very, very good job, you know, for the most part, until the stoppage game against Rancis Bartholomew. He actually got hit. He actually got hurt multiple times by Rancis Bartholomew. Uh, I felt like Re- Rancis Bartholomew was outboxing him, and he was forcing Gary to reset, so Gary wasn't able to really do the things that he wanted to do normally with his opponents, and I think Gary Antoine, he was just mentally, you know, he was frustrated, you know what I'm saying, like, he didn't have uh, the proper mindset, because obviously he went through the, you know, the death of his father, and, you know, his brother Gary is guiding him, but, you know, that's really going to be, like, the harder part between him and his brothers trying to, like, go through all the, you know, mourning and all the grief that's bothering their, their, uh, mental state of mind, but as far as everything else goes, uh, Gary Antoine, he didn't really look his absolute best, and I think it was mainly just due to the fact that Gary Antoine Russell was not Gary Antoine Russell that night. He was a very lost and defeated fighter, but... I think that didn't really stop him. He was able to have some spirit in him. And uh like you know, he tried, you know. I I definitely give him his props for trying to, you know, perform, you know, like you know, on a good like you know on a good decent stage, especially in the Barclay Center. But uh I don't I don't see why Gary Antoine Russell needed to do that because he should have definitely worked on his mental health if that was gonna bother him. But, um, yeah, man, I think, I think either way, Rancis Bartholomew gave Gary Antoine a very difficult fight that Gary Antoine couldn't figure out. And, uh, you know, prior to the knockdown and the stoppage, uh, Gary, Gary Antoine was definitely getting, uh, you know, like, like, almost semi-outboxed by Rancis Bartholomew. And the fight itself was competitive for what it, for what it offered until... Gary Antoine was able to, like, catch him with, like, a good little left hook to the face, that forced for, the to go down, so... I'm just not too highly confident in Gary Antoine Russell's, you know, abilities at the top-top level, but I think either way, uh, that was just more of, like, a little hiccup because, you know, he wasn't really in the right mind mentally, so... I don't think uh, Gary Antoine Russell was really thinking about winning. He was trying to thinking like he was thinking about going through his mental war. So either way, that fight itself was you know not really a good stoppage. You know the referee did a horrible job. But I thought Gary Antoine, you know he he would have been able to stop Rancis if he was given the opportunity to. So I just didn't like that because that was robbed to us fans and for Gary Antoine's career because it was the same thing that happened between him and Victor Polso So, yeah, let's talk about the main event and then I gotta get it. Yeah, I gotta get out of here. Yeah, let's talk about it. Danny Swift Garcia versus Jose Benavides Jr. Uh, this is a good, decent little scrap. I thought Gary Garcia did what he had to do to win. Uh, made the fight very, very simple. Um, he actually moved around a lot in this fight. and I thought that Danny Garcia... He, he could have done that a lot more in his career earlier, but I like the fact that he actually adjusted very fast, and uh, he got into his rhythm very, very quick. But I think the biggest problem is just that Danny... He needs to stop putting himself in these positions where he's forced to get into a dogfight, but I think when he starts boxing, it's like the fight becomes way easier because Danny knows what he's doing. So, I think Danny really understood what he needed to do to win, and I give him all the credibility because I think, you know, his uh, focus and his mantra of being successful at 154 is going to be very, very interesting. 'Cause, you know, you're gonna have good talents like Danny Garcia, uh, in that division. But then obviously, you know, Arrow Spence, Keith Thurman, you know, I I think I think one fifty four is gonna be a very, very hot division very, very soon. So I'm definitely looking forward to it. But yeah, I think Danny did his thing, Jose he just got frustrated the end the entire fight, and, uh, Danny, Danny did what he had to do, man, you know, it was a very, very good fight, uh, while it lasted, and, uh, I think Jose Benavides understands that he needs to work on a lot, a lot of stuff, a lot, a lot of work, so, not too sure what he's gonna be doing, but I think, uh, he definitely needs to definitely work on all the things that he needs to, Put himself in position to win. So, yeah, um, I'm not too sure what what Jose is going to be doing next, and and his you know up and coming fights. But I'm definitely looking forward to it. So yeah, that's pretty much it, man. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed, and uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, I don't really have that much else to to really talk about. So. Yeah, let me know what you guys think, man. I'll see you guys later in the next up and coming video. And this is Krod uh, seven four three five signing out, aka Kieran Rodriguez. You can find me over at my Instagram at kieranrodriguez six, or at my um or at my YouTube at krod seven four three five. Uh, I believe the link is in the description. So yeah, that's about it. Uh, appreciate you guys, and I'll see you guys later. And salute to the mighty, mighty. L D B C and salute to the to the T W T the winning team. So yeah, that's pretty much it, man. I'll see you guys later, and uh, you know, happy um, happy Wednesdays for any of you guys that are out there that that's uh, living on Wednesday as it turned Wednesday night here in America uh, at at uh, at uh, midnight. So yeah. Uh, This is a good little late night, you know, like, you know, like, you know, rebirth, you know, um, podcasts, you know, episode. So I'm happy that I did it. And, uh, yeah, I'll see you guys later. Peace out. And, uh, goodbye.